0: When you don't have clear quantified targets over years and we don't have buckets, that means where you put your resources in your, let's say in your three dimensional matrix, where you have regions and you have markets and you have all that, right? And you have your sub portfolios basically in there, then you will never succeed because how would you take decisions then? Welcome
1: to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again, because this is part two with uh, Hoop Routen and we've been speaking about portfolio management, so we'll just continue on. Hi, Hoop. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Good. Hello, Paul. Good morning.
1: Yeah, some days go by and we're still fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are still fine.
1: We had a great discussion last time, and we intentionally knew this would be a two-part episode. We were kind of in the middle of talking about balance, portfolio balance. So so let's just kind of pick up your thoughts about that.
0: Yeah, okay. So remember the title of the, the perspective, basically, of the whole podcast is about Portfolio management, innovation portfolio management, where the whole is greater than the parts. So we try to look at that portfolio as a as a business object on its own. And the word object might might sound a little bit abstract here, and a little bit more information science thing, but this business object is a thing that you can discuss on its own it has its own value its own history its own characteristics separate from the parts in it so if you evaluate a part that is absolutely different from evaluating the whole that is a completely different different set you can compare it with a human being you can have a, a pain in your leg or in your arm but have you that it's not the same as Paul Heller as a whole as yeah, a
1: problem. right, right. And I think that's true, yeah.
0: I think that is where yeah, the holistic approach, of course, is, is, is an important. Point. Let's go back to the where we stayed with balance. What I do to get people think about portfolio as a whole, and when we talk about balance, I asked executives, tell me, what is my ideal portfolio a simple question difficult answer so that keeps him busy so what is my <laughs> ideal yeah. portfolio what the hell what you can what can you what can you do if you then go into the the books you you find help there to think about what is my ideal portfolio but the big lesson that you can read is no well, there is no ideal portfolio because a portfolio If you ask that question, you assume that there is a kind of an absolute truth there. And I can tell you one thing for sure, and I'm a linguist, absolute truth does not exist. Although many people in the world sometimes believe that, and it leads to wars, as you know, the absolute truth does not exist. My ideal portfolio is relative to the perspective that I take. So we already in the beginning separated the front end portfolio of the back end portfolio. And, and that is through all the time. So the executive would ask me, what do you mean, the front end or the back end? Because that's different. So my ideal front end portfolio and my ideal back end portfolio. Now let me move on. So when we say, I want to have a portfolio without any risk, how do we adjust the risk? I want a portfolio without any risk. Okay. An innovation portfolio without any risk. I want an innovation portfolio that gives me next year so much revenue. But if I then say, okay, what is your ideal portfolio for Africa compared to your ideal portfolio to Western Europe and the U.S.? If you talk about the U.S., not every state is the same probably. You have rich states and you have poor states. So, depends then on regional market segments they are big so they are not small so if i go to india what is my portfolio for india and india is a big market what i want to say is my ideal portfolio is relative to the 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 market segment i'm going for
1: and the business factors the business space you're playing in and the objectives of your company and on and on and on
0: yeah so and so what what is a risk for the market in Europe might be not a risk at all for for Africa. So if I had one company, you know, in, in their portfolio, they really decided to stay in the fossil business because they were expecting that the fossil business is still growing for 10, 20 years because of China and India. So in the Western world the fossil industry will go down, but in these upcoming economies, still going up.
1: And they would make a business decision to say they're going to, you know, use that for their business strategy, their business advantage. Well, everybody else maybe gets out of it, right?
0: Yes, exactly. So everybody is talking about carbon footprint, carbon footprint, they are not interested in it at (laughs) all. Yeah. So because they say, you know what, we know we have a bad carbon footprint, what we do, we go to that industry and we will they are just interested in being efficient, effective, and so on, but not carbon footprint, are not interested in it at all. So when the customer is not interested in, in carbon footprint, why would you be if you are a supplier to that? So, so if you are a supplier to the retail in America, where carbon footprint is an issue in the shops, okay, I have to adapt. It is important for my portfolio. So my ideal portfolio is relative to where you come from and where you want to go to and then the values the factors that you look at they start to move they start to to they start to be flexible and 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 so you have to when you have a bigger company and, and and we work for big organizations in these big organizations you have different market segments you have so and they are not and they might be so you cannot assume that you have one portfolio you cannot
1: so portfolio so we talked about portfolio as an object right and it, it's not just a report it's not just a list right it has all these things we've been talking about properties and values and strategies and all of that but it, it it's also a living object isn't it it has it has a life it will change it's not static right it's an evolving changing object
0: yeah so when we when you First of all, these perspectives are different. So, so you have multiple portfolios. And if you look at a portfolio, you always have to look over multiple years. You cannot do it for one year. It's impossible to do it for one year. You also have a rolling, the portfolio is a rolling thing. So that is where the dynamics are. So it depends a little bit, where are your targets? And then where are your buckets? And that is the the beginning of everything. When you don't have clear, quantified targets over years, you remember we talked about transformation, and we don't have buckets. That means where you put your resources. If you don't have those two, and you have them clear, in your, let's say, in your three-dimensional matrix, where you have, Regions and you have markets and you have all that, right? And you have the, your sub portfolios basically in there, and you don't have the targets for each of these, then you will never succeed because how would you take decisions then if you don't have them, if you don't have the framework ready? So a balanced portfolio is not an easy thing to do. That is, it's a what it's the balanced against what?
1: Right, yeah
0: for how long, for three years, for two years, for one year, for next year, the first quarter of the next year, given circumstances like the crisis that we sometimes have. And so the dynamic and the competition that that changes. So it it is that portfolio, but the portfolio more than a project, more than one product, that is my life. A healthy portfolio is your future. It's not the healthy project is your portfolio, the healthy product. No, the healthy portfolio is is your lifeline, and I think I think that we can we can really improve in that area a lot. It's an upcoming topic for sure. People start to to understand that slowly but surely. It is a difficult game, man, and it is a nice game for us, of
1: course. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, that's also, so risks, for instance, we talked about risks, you, you read a lot about, yeah, you need, to, you need to be able to, when you do portfolio for the future, that you balance the risks that you have, right? You can not have only high risk or only low risk. That is an abstract thing, as long as it is not related to the perspectives that you have. And so it is also a relative thing. So you are not there with one simple scorecard. You cannot just say, oh, here is my portfolio, I score it, I'm done. You can only do that when you are in a very defined framework. So my portfolio for Africa, that's where I do the risk. That is not the same as the portfolio for EMEA or for the US or another area. So, so also risks is the probability of success, all relative to, to what it is for. And that is, I think, interesting. The interesting thing about it. So, what? also when you do a SWOT analysis, I think that's also part of the balance, the strength. What is the stre- my ideal portfolio? Okay. Suppose I know it, then I can say, what are the strengths of it? And continuously asking myself, what are the weaknesses of it? Where are the threats, and where are my opportunities? And so, and that influences again the targets and the buckets, of course. So, so at that level, the direction that your portfolio takes demands from the company, a continuous SWOT analysis.
1: Yeah. I think Hoob, things change so fast. I was, I was talking to a company just this morning that is in the automotive space. It wasn't long ago that companies were not threatened by the, their, their future was not threatened by the shift to electric vehicles. Right. But now it is very relevant for them. Right. So, so very quickly. So, you know, they might have had a three year outlook and then one day, bam, it, it's gone. Right. And you need that ability to adjust and look at your portfolio, understand it. Right. The risks all change everything overnight almost. I mean, very short period for them.
0: Change, change is, I would say the permanent state. Right. Change is not something that you should be surprised about, yeah, right? So, and if you are now still proud about the electrical move, yeah, then you were asleep for a long time, eh? because that is already coming since a long time, that wave. Yeah. And it makes no sense for, for Western companies to complain about startups or Chinese that come in your market and are a threat or what have you. They're like, like the chemical companies, oh, we were we, moaning about startups. What the hell? Okay. Wake up, I would say. <laughs> so, so wake up. And I think that it is very difficult from a portfolio management perspective if you have too much distance from, let's say, the realities. So that example between African market and the Western European market. So this, you cannot compare them. If you, if you treat them from your portfolio perspective as one market, you cannot in reality, you cannot. The same is true for engineering. Engineering is so dependent on your suppliers and the materials that you get into and the ships that you get. It depends where you are. So if you are in a different region, it's different to get it. The cost of energy. If you are different, the cost of water. All that, you know, this it, it is very, very different. And, we, and sometimes I think my ideal portfolio more and more, Paul, I come to the conclusion that there are really two big areas for for my strengths and weaknesses, that is in the product side, but very much also on the production side. The innovation management of production, of production processes and and production technology, that it gives more money, there is more innovation money going into production innovation than in product innovation sometimes. So, and the production, you know, 20 years ago, you could have many people working in a plant and now it's full of robots. The whole robotics area is so big. It's so much, and this hardware, software, technologies, equipment, all the things that are going on there is far more sometimes than the product that they make. You know what I mean? Sometimes we forget that.
1: Yeah, you're coming from the perspective, though, I think, of the company that does the manufacturing, that has to create these manufacturing plants and lines and what have you. You're not talking about the the company that makes the robots. There's a lot of innovation and portfolio management over there for sure. But I think now the company who I visited BMW a couple years ago, and if you ever get a chance to go there – they've got this one area with robots that are taking a piece, working on it, handing it to the next one. The arm swings around and the next arm has to wait until the arm gets out of the way. And the next one, it's like a orchestrated ballet. The amount of, of innovation in that production facility, not their products, their production facility was amazing. So I hear what you say. yeah.
0: So, and can you, and can you now imagine if you are the leader of the, production, manufacturing in a company, you have your innovation portfolio. And that innovation portfolio costs a lot of money. And also costs a lot, and you also have to look look ahead. And they are hit now by this, the cost of electricity, the cost of water, the water shortage for the plants, and now the chips that don't come. So the supply chain that is working together with the plant, and so, so I, I think more and more that the product innovation, right, is in terms of investment less than the investments that we use to do the plants or the production. And in our talks, also in the podcast, we focus on projects. Uh, we talk talking on products more on the product side, yeah. new product development side, and not in the new, new plant development side. And the new plant development side is, I, I think, for innovation as critical as uh, the other research, and perhaps even more critical.
1: Yeah, and it gets so little, me- not little, but it, it gets much less mentioned, right? Everybody talks about, yeah, new products to market, right? Well. Yeah, new <laughs> products.
0: NPD, 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 NPD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And manufacturing is just one line is, one function is. I think it's completely wrong. The balance is wrong. So when, when you think yeah. about portfolios, right? So, and then how can I, and now I am at the top level of the company, how can I, have the right portfolio on the product side compared to the production side, and how can I bring those those together? You know, one of the things is that brings me also to to governance, where we should be and plan and process. One of the thing that I think big companies have to have are innovation management councils at the top level, where they agree together about the targets of both sides, and then. The buckets on both sides. So where is the money going? And you have to have an integrated, if you want to. It's not completely integrated, but a colla- coordinated, coordinated planning on the production side compared to the product side, and on the product side, on the front end and the back end. Yeah. And that is also for the plant. What is the by front end and what the back end? And then you start to see how how portfolios, how my ideal portfolio from a CEO perspective, from a shareholder perspective, hey, if I do a SWOT analysis on the product side, on the NPD side, and I have a lousy SWOT analysis on the production side, my company will die. I don't bring it to the market and the other way around as well suppose i invest everything on the production side but i don't have new products coming out of my pipe there what the hell are we doing so so and there is no balance between the two so what is the only thing really that that you see that cooper is talking about in terms of production is is ease of production can we easily produce it that is from the npd perspective
1: It's a, it's a one, one question answer. It's not so simple, is it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Can can we manufacture it and can we do it easily? What the hell are we doing here? So this is might be that the investment in the plant is bigger than anything else in the rest of the production, the product investment. So you don't do a plant for one product. Also you do a plant for a portfolio of products for series, so if I invest in a plant, it used to be 30 years write-off. Today, a 10 to 15 year write-off of a plant because of the dynamic environment. So if we invest in a new plant, and another company is building a plant for 1 billion, huh? 1 billion. So you have to have an idea about what it is that this plant will produce.
1: What's going through my mind is a portfolio of portfolios. Right. And you gotta balance that mega top portfolio, what do you want to call that? The parent portfolio. It's got all these portfolios in it. You're trying to get the balance across all those portfolios. Then within those portfolios, right, you've got I mean it just cascades down, doesn't it? It's like a hierarchy.
0: I compare it with a three dimensional matrix. Yeah. So that's the only thing I can I can do. Or or I have to describe it as a network of portfolios, you see, where you have the dependencies between each between each other. But what I want to tell you, or for what I want to, to communicate is the simplicity of looking at a portfolio as a series of projects is almost ridiculous. It's not it's not business. It's something else. And and I think if you if you're responsible for a business, come on and then you have different things. It's also too simple, I think, too, too simplistic to think like, oh we have three strategies. Or one or two strategies, the sustainability strategy and digitization strategy, and I translate that into, into my NPD portfolio.
1: You make the problem seems very large, very big. I might just throw my hands up and say, I, there's no way I could, I could ever, you know, my company deal with that, right? I mean, what's, what's the strategies now to cope with the amount of complexity that's there?
0: I think that the companies, they do deal with it every day, Yeah, but they don't call it NPD. They see NPD as one part of it, but the business development companies, the, the C-level people, the CTOs and so on, on a day-to-day basis, and their planning, they have to deal with this all the time. So when, when they, they have their decision-making, they, they really feel pains, right? And they discuss that every day. And they discuss it from these different perspectives because the people are around the table. You always have the production guy around the table. Sometimes with the CTO is doing both. You always have the people who are responsible for the business for selling are at the table. The CMO is almost a smaller guy almost in that, around that table. Then the product guys are very often the R&D also, close to manufacturing they sit there and they have to deal with this all the time. So when you then come in and you talk about planning for three years, four years, five years, looking ahead and so on is for them, it's relevant, but not so urgent. They have so many urgent things going on. And so that is it. Yeah, so if you want to add value from a portfolio management perspective, here you go. You have to click into that, and that is complex. It is worse to deny that it is complex and do as if it is simple, because then you are a nice to have things somewhere on the sideline. If you want to be essential for the company, you have to deal with that complexity and you cannot just do as if you have one portfolio. That is, that is, that is the most stupid things you can think of. Then you are not in the business. You are not there. So if you don't try to make a bridge, for instance, between the product portfolio and the production portfolio, if you don't try to build that bridge, you have an issue. You will have an issue.
1: So that would be your kind of your foundational advice, is be aware of these two portfolios and build a bridge and understand how they impact each other and how they relate to each other from a planning perspective as well as an operation.
0: Always have a front end and a back end. That's right both so, so it's more like if you have four quadrants both are front and back end and if you don't align these from from a target perspective buckets perspective investment perspective and if they are not aligned over three four years or that period that kind of period then we don't know what we do i think that is what uh, what is the
1: yeah yeah now you mentioned the innovation council Right I wanted to go back to that so what's the role of the innovation council
0: well the innovation council is I would say the 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 body a sea level body supported by process officers. they own the governance the governance charters that that, that that is important
1: and we're talking about governance of the portfolios or of the
0: of the innovation The innovation governance. The innovation governance and and the portfolio management is a part of that innovation governance. And if you go to portfolio governance, it's also the in, in, in the innovation charter, if you want to, it says who takes the decisions there, who is responsible for the data that come in, who can see which data. So if we have conflicts of interest, how do we escalate? What are the dashboards? What is the management information that we want to see every month? So how do we how do we look at the weaknesses and the threats? How do we do that? So the innovation council is like a meeting point of the sea level, where they deal with how how we organize our innovation going forward and how do we do that and what do we. how do we instruct the process officers? Where do we put the focus points? And so on and so on going forward. An innovation council is also the point where the process officers can report into. So if the process officers, they can better report because it is a cross-functional thing, report into something that is cross-functional. So the council is a cross-functional thing. It's not one function and they agree there. They agree how we work and how we take decisions. Mm -hmm and how, how we do it. So they are responsible for the process as well. So that is where, where I think if you don't have a council, whose where is the body where we can meet? Where is it? You don't have it. Then Then portfolio management is an orphan. Even your NPD is an orphan. You end up with a PMO office. Who the hell in a company is a PMO office? That is a staff function somewhere. That's not the business right
1: I think who what you're talking about is is the process of 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 portfolio management right there's a process there's a governance of it, as you said companies are these executives are making these decisions already it's a it's it's how can they make them better with the lens of of information from the portfolio perspectives we've talked about these last two episodes right how can they be how can it be more effective, more efficient, more aware of what the data is that they're making decisions? Because, like you said, since since business started, somebody was doing it, right? But if there, there's a maturing happening now. Tools, tooling, tools help, right? Data sources help. We didn't have those twenty years ago, right? So there's there's a maturing that's going on here in technology to enable that that portfolio business process.
0: Yeah. So it is. Not easy to do it. That number one, you need to be coordinated to do it. And to be coordinated, you need information, you need data, you need all kinds of stuff. And you need yeah. people that help you to analyze and do it and so on. So you cannot just expect that it happens automatically. Then, then it will not. But I think that in, in general, that the CEOs, you know, they think innovation is important for their company, not only the existing business. Innovation, uh, So so in, so innovation portfolio management, they are closer at the top level to innovation portfolio management than do innovation project project management. Absolutely, hell, you
1: know? the, that's the, right. They're not involved in the projects. That's details for them. But the portfolios are where the, the the business decisions have to be really good, really sharp. Yeah, that
0: is the yeah. the, the, the portfolio is, I think, the steering wheel. A uh, portfolio is a steer is a steering wheel for top management.
1: Absolutely,
0: and and that's. Do we go to the left, to the right and so on? And of course you have longer term and shorter term and all these things. But if you don't have your portfolio management, let's say as a company, not as R&D or something, as a company organized. Often I ask myself, departmental portfolio management. There are people who do that. There's my projects, my this and my that. I always think, how the hell, something is wrong.
1: Yeah. Something is wrong
0: here. I can give, I can get help you with your portfolio management at that level, but something is very wrong.
1: Yeah. You know who I keep thinking if you, if you make a mistake on a product, yeah, it could be very major. I don't want to downplay it, but it's probably recoverable to a lot, much greater degree than if you make a mistake at the portfolio level and you got your investments all in the wrong place. That's a, that's a lot harder mis- mistake to recover from, isn't it? So the governance, the management of these portfolios is really a critical business process.
0: Perhaps if we talk about product and production, we can better talk about what is the business portfolio, right? So the innovation the innovation portfolio, it's not a bad is,
1: broader the portfolio is
0: broader than a product portfolio. It's broader than the production portfolio. What is the innovation, the business innovation portfolio that we have? And I, I believe if we go to that level, then you have a holistic approach. It is complex for sure, but at that level, life is complex. It is not easy. So, and that's why I like it and you like it as well. It gives us that one of the reasons to think about it, right? So it is, it is not like an easy easy piece of cake. And I think that, um, so if you talk about pipeline and balance, very much is balance thing, Balancing the risks, the money that we have, balancing our future, because it is about our future. That that is uh, that's a very challenging and interesting interesting to work in, I think.
1: It sure is. Well, Hoop, this has been a fun discussion. I want to wrap it back to the very first thing we said in the first part, where I'd mentioned you were out build some training. You're out teaching people about portfolios. I think a large part of it is probably the awareness of what is a portfolio. What's been the reaction? I mean, when people hear this, right? And they, do, they get, do they get overwhelmed? Do they get excited? Do they get, you know, do they see, oh yeah, this is something I want to do.
0: What I think, perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong, but what I think is this eye-opening in the first place. They know there is a lot to do. So there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot they can add value with and So there's a lot to do. And I, th- I think perhaps sometimes they are overwhelmed, but perhaps they think, oh, wait a minute, this is complex. But if I, if I also look at um, the reality, so some, some companies, for instance, the portfolio managers don't have access to the sea level. You come on, how sick can you be? Then, then you are not interested in it. What that tells me is the real portfolio is somewhere else. The real portfolio is somewhere else. And don't think it is not there, it is there because they spend money. So PD sometimes also, I think, yeah, okay, we have an NPD portfolio. Oh oh yes, we have idea management. Yeah, we do that, we do that. Yes, it's nice at the table. Yeah, we do, we have idea management. We are not interested in it at all because the real stuff is then somewhere else it's a window dressing thing
1: it's an interesting perspective Hube.
0: that's serious about that have to think about this production leaders right the manufacturing leaders they they own a lot of the innovation and we never talk about it and the real <laughs> innovation is perhaps on that side more and on the product side
1: yeah so that would be a great place to start as people are listening saying hey What can I do? I think just A, awareness and B, start thinking about that other portfolio, how you connect to it, having awareness to it, engaging in it might be a great, might be a great suggestion for people.
0: This thing, my ideal portfolio. So this is a nice title, not my idea. If you do workshops around my ideal portfolio, then. Really get a lot a lot of stuff <laughs> back. If you then go for the whiteboard, you need not one, you cannot do with one whiteboard. You need multiple <laughs> whiteboards. Get all the thoughts on the table because everybody will come with a different perspective. Yeah,
1: yeah. It'd be a great, great question.
0: We didn't discuss factors and criteria and all that. So when you, that's perhaps to end with portfolio management is also about decision-making, right? So prioritization of, 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 of your resources. You prioritize. And then what are the factors that we look at and then what the values of these factors are and what are our criteria and weightings and all that around that. So these facts, you can have a list of factors, but the criteria that you add to them in your decision-making, they depend very much on the circumstances you're in and the perspectives you take. There is not one. There is not one. So what is true for your marriage, Paul, is does perhaps not the same as for my marriage. What is relevant for, for you two is not for me and my wife. And the same is true in the businesses. So the weightings are different. Yeah. The factors might be the same, but the, weight, the, the weightings are different. The criteria that I add to them are, are different. And the rules that I put on them are also very different. And when you get to a company of 40,000 people in that company, from a language perspective, from a social-linguistic perspective. You have many, it's called registers. And the registers, they come from the circumstances they have and the short-term views that they have, interests that they have to survive themselves. So the survival of the fittest drives them the factors that you choose, not only the factors, the criteria that you have, and that gives discussions and frictions and and that gives you the need for even more coordination and more governance which is logical because if we wouldn't have that like if we don't have a government in a country what the hell are we have you only have wars right
1: well we've seen that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. okay Hoop. well that was quite a journey there we had this last two episodes so really appreciate you joining to share those experiences and those thoughts and uh, hope that the, the the people listening got a lot of Things to think about out there, and I think it's it's awareness, as you mentioned, is is a great place to start. So you've certainly expanded our our minds a little bit on what portfolio management <laughs> is. It's a little more complex than it was two episodes ago. So thanks for that. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I don't kill the messenger. I would say.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just be what, aware of it. Yeah,
0: this was to hear.
1: Put your head in the sand, or or step back and realize, okay, this is this is the beast. Now we can work yeah, is, on it. Now have to work on it. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, thanks for joining me, and have a great week.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. See you next time.
1: Yes, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Who is? is always willing to share his his expertise and all. And you can you can reach Hoob through uh, through Sofian anytime you want to uh, engage with him. He's happy to talk about this or conduct workshops for your company, any level. So uh, please reach out to Hoob uh, if you'd like to. There'll be links in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.